This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, November 8th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. When citizen activist Ron Calzone approached lawmakers in his home state of Missouri to share his perspective and air redressable grievances, the state told him to register as a lobbyist. But Ron Calzone doesn't get paid by anyone to do this activism, so the Institute for Free Speech took up his case. This week, the Eighth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals agreed with Ron. Zach Morgan, an attorney at the Institute for Free Speech, details the case. You can't make this name up. Tell me about Ron Calzone. Uh, Ron Calzone is, uh, is, is an incredible citizen activist in Missouri. Ron is one of the most passionate, most engaged people uh, I've ever had the, the privilege of knowing. Ron, of his own volition, uh, on his own dime, nobody directs him to, nobody tells him to. Uh, he doesn't use financial power to manipulate the system, but he goes to to Jefferson City. He testifies on at legislative committees on legislation. He speaks one on one with legislators. He's the only person I know who has won a pro se lawsuit against a state government, arguing the state government violated their own constitution and how they promulgated legislation. Uh, and in the course of all of this volunteer activity that Ron did in Missouri, he made a few enemies, which is uh, one of the reasons why I'm here today. So uh, a three-judge panel of the Eighth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals said, this guy is a lobbyist. Yeah. Uh, back in November. That's correct. Yeah. And that this is a this has been a, a long-running thing in, in Missouri. Uh, it, this started in 2014 in November because Ron's, uh, Ron's activism upset uh, – a number of figures in Jefferson City, who I guess you could you could call the Republican establishment to the extent that exists exists there, and they uh, secretly went to this uh, entity called the uh, the Missouri Society of Governmental Consultants, which is the lobbyist guild for professional lobbyists. It's the professional organization for professional lobbyists, and had them file a complaint with Missouri's Ethics Commission, essentially accusing Ron of unregistered civic activism. He's he's really a professional lobbyist. Uh, and, and you should punish him for that. And the commission, through a process, which uh, even for an administrative agency, the Missouri Ethics Commission is where due process goes to die, uh, ended up fining him $1,000, forced him to register. And that and uh, my organization, the Institute for Free Speech, with uh, Dave Rowland of the Freedom Center in Missouri, we represented Ron in a federal lawsuit saying, you know, this is this is what the 14th Amendment is for. You can't condition uh, constitutional rights on the, uh, the the procurement of a license to speak to members of your le- of your legislature so it's it's sort of a weird thing he's not being paid by anyone as you noted he doesn't have a, a bank account to speak of that uh, he would use to bankroll these activities he doesn't receive money from an interest group in order to do this uh, he seems to be someone who is what you would want out of an engaged citizenry, somebody who just has an interest. He follows these things. He's, uh, you know, engaged and uh, apparently pretty smart if he's if he's winning lawsuits. Um, why did the state decide to do this? That's a good question. Uh, again, I... I think the Ethics Commission um, in, in Missouri, which is sort of where this all kick-started, we, we, we came in and argued that the statute didn't cover Ron because the way the statute's written, lobbyists are paid. And the Ethics Commission, in, in my opinion, contorted the statute 
possibly in a, I don't want to say it was a results-oriented way. Um, I want to attribute some good faith to them. But the state uh, the state stood by that interpretation all the way. And they argued uh, in, in federal court, this is the, the district court, it was quoted by the district court judge who actually initially ruled against Ron, which is why we ended up in the, the Court of Appeals, as you noted, uh, that the democratic uh, structure of government in Missouri would not exist unless the government had the ability to uh, let people know everybody who is operating in the political arena, uh, that there's a, the, the, a generalized transparency interest in any time somebody, even if they're uncompensated, unpaid, goes in front of uh, a legislature, uh, the legislature and uh, speaks their mind if they do it in affiliation with anybody else. That, 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 yeah. So that seems like uh, if you're going to make that case, it seems like that would be an argument for saying, hey, if you're a state lawmaker or uh, the staff of a state lawmaker, you have to make public the list of the people you meet with. That seems to be something that would that would call for an imposition on government to be transparent and not necessarily compel individuals to register. Is that fair? Absolutely fair. I mean, essentially what Ron was accused of was unlawful civic activism, which is uh, an actual crime in other countries not that don't have the protection of the First Amendment. That, uh, you know, he, he didn't go through the proper process. He didn't register and there, there were, he, he didn't get the, the government license. Uh, and this is one of the things that was so heartening about, you know, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals sitting fully on bonk. Uh, the opinion does something that I think is is noteworthy um, in the First Amendment disclosure space, because so often when we talk about you know, publicity of, of, of a political activity, uh, we talk about the harm to First Amendment privacy, that people are knowing things that otherwise the government has no business knowing. But one thing is that, and, and that's all true here as well, you know, Ron had, Ron's address becomes a matter of public record if he has to file the, the lobbying reports. But the, the the court leads off by saying the burden is also the paperwork. You're, you know, so often courts just sort of say, oh, well, you know, the, the registration requirements, uh, you put that aside, it's not burdensome. In uh, in the district court judge said, this, this will take the guy 10 minutes to do. Uh, and and the, the Eighth Circuit said, yeah, it's a, it's a monthly report. It's filed under penalty of perjury. And that's a burden. And he has to pay a fee to the state in order to, to receive this license. Yeah, it's $10. But that's a burden. You can't condition First Amendment rights like that. And, you know, um, over at IFS, we're kind of like Max Lewis, played by uh, John Lovitz on news radio. We're sticklers for constitutional rights. And uh, so is Ron. And uh, we're glad this uh, has arrived at the conclusion, or at least the current state of affairs that it has. So uh, do you expect an appeal now that the en banc, the, the full uh, Eighth Circuit has said, no, this guy doesn't have to register as a lobbyist. He's a citizen activist, as you said. Um, what do you expect Missouri's response to be? And uh, how recently has the Supreme Court dealt with a case that's anything like this? Uh, I think it's actually safe to say the court probably hasn't dealt with a case like this ever. Uh, the last time the court weighed in on lobbying was in in 1954, in United States versus Harris, where the court said the government's interest in lobbying and is is restricted to quote uh, who is doing the hiring, who is putting up the money, and how much end quote. Which uh, and and we argued this all the way through that Harris puts a, a barrier around what the government can do in regulating petition. So it, to the extent that Harris would want to be expanded, that is something only the Supreme Court can do. Uh, as to whether or not Missouri will elect to to seek certiorari to to seek the writ. Uh, from the Supreme Court. I, I don't know. This case has been going on so long that uh, we're on our third attorney general. 
uh, who's who's had to be named as the uh, who's had to represent the defendants in this case. And I, I just don't know what they're what's in their head right now. For those who don't follow a lot of federal uh, court movements, um, what does this case actually mean substantially? Uh, presumably only the Eighth Circuit is affected by uh, this ruling. Do states that are the other states in the Eighth Circuit, do they have similar laws that they'll not need to look at? Uh, I it, I can't speak uh, to, to all the state laws. I mean, again, the the but it, the, but yes, this this applies to the Eighth Circuit, which you know, Missouri, Arkansas, and, and so forth. Uh, and what this means practically is is actually kind of uh, it's kind of a big deal. It's one of those things that you know you you don't think you have to win in court. Like the idea when, whenever I talk about this case with people. And I say, well, they say he's a lobbyist. Everybody assumes that a lobbyist is a you know well-heeled guy who's getting paid one hundred fifty thousand dollars from R.J. Reynolds to go talk about you know whatever R.J. Reynolds wants to get from 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 Congress. And but we've now put a marker, at least in the Eighth Circuit, and hopefully, to to use a you know bad metaphor, hopefully this can be sort of a contagion and infect jurisprudence in in other parts of the country. Uh, that the government has to have a there has to be a nexus of money involved before the government gets to regulate uh, political activity, at least in, in, the, in the sense of lobbying. And while I can't speak for other states within the Eighth Circuit, although this opinion would be binding on them, I, there are other jurisdictions in the country, Chicago particularly comes to mind, that do regulate uh, unpaid, uncompensated lobbyists who don't spend any money on their activity. And hopefully this case can uh, encourage those governments to, to rethink their current regulatory system. Zach Morgan is an attorney at the Institute for Free Speech. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.